An apprentice witch, three kids, and a somewhat cynical con man search for the missing component to a magical spell that can be useful to the defense of Britain during World War II. Welcome to the Walt Vault with Michelle, Andre, Louise, and me, Emily. We're a family-friendly podcast where we pick a new Disney movie each week. We watch it, share our thoughts, and then relate it to pop culture, fandoms, and anything else that pops into our heads. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the Walt Vault, episode 26. 26, 26. How many of us are 26? You? No, I'm 25. None of us, None are, of us are 26. Never mind. No <laughs> one is 26. No no one on earth is 26. <laughs> Nobody 26 is 26. 26 year olds don't exist. Yes. It's like, you know. Uh, it will exist. It's like February 29th. Next year for me. You know? Mm. February 29th actually does exist. It does. Every oh. four years. So does it really exist? Yes. Or is it just a figure of everyone's imagination? Well, really, time does not years? exist at all. Bruh. Like, why are we saying that a day is called the 29th? It's, it's just a day. Only because the Mayans told us that we had to count our time that way. You can't blow the listeners' minds this early into the podcast. Yes, I can. You guys want to blow the listeners' minds? Bitcoin. Uh, and we're moving on this week (laughs) we are talking about the 1971 live action and animated hybrid movie bed knobs and broomsticks that's right we are doing that i usually say that stuff stop taking my lines i have some liquid courage so i'm taking your lines all right let's move on (laughs) (laughs) what are your first impressions andre um this movie was weird but it's fun (laughs) <laughs> That's not what you told me the other day. It's like um, <laughs> I enjoyed this movie about as much as as like Mary Poppins, but I don't love Mary Poppins. <laughs> But so, that's not what we're talking about. So we're talking about Bedknobs and Broomsticks. So you didn't love this movie. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. That's exactly what Okay, Michelle, what's uh, your... He just like beat around <laughs> the bush and was like, Mary Poppins. Like, that's not what we were talking about. Anyways. My first impressions of Andre, that was a fine that was you. a fine first I got impression. It. My first impressions of this movie is also that it was an odd movie. And I kind of made a comment the other day that I think we grew up in the more like there was the first generation of Disney movies, like the older ones, and we kind of were the generation right after that. So we grew up with a little bit more of the modern Disney princesses and things. And now that I'm watching more older Disney movies, they're kind of weird. Like, they're, they're, they're a little bit odd. I'm not saying that I don't like them, but I think this movie would be absolutely fabulous, like, as a stage Broadway musical. That was the immediate thought I had when I first, when they first came on stage and they started singing. I was like, this needs to be a musical, and I would absolutely love it, because musicals are kind of weird, like a lot of oh, them yeah. are. They're very <laughs> odd, but for some reason, when it's like a Broadway musical and I'm watching it on the stage, I totally love it, but when I watch it as a movie, I'm like, well, that was kind of odd like Mm. sometimes they don't translate the same like if you watch a i know um abc was going through that phase where they did like the live action musical like grease and peter Mm -hmm. pan where they did them and i was never a fan because for some reason i wasn't watching it on the stage i was like no but this movie would be absolutely fabulous as musical make that happen disney make it happen first impression make it happen (laughs) first impression action (laughs) (laughs) and go Luis is oh. looking very. Oh, Luis, Emily, what's you your ready? first impression? He just looks very quizzical. Yeah, you have you have a. He's got a look. Oh, oh, okay. Well, 
Never mind. He's watching soccer in the background behind us. Awkward. Anyway, Emily, uh, then you go. First <laughs> impressions, Emily. I actually really like this movie. There That's my go. first impression. I, too, um, it's funny because I'm going to relate it to Mary Poppins, too, because, and we'll probably do this 25 times. Oh, of course. Mary Poppins. Yeah. But I also feel like it has Mary Poppins-y vibes mm-hmm. for music and for actors. Obviously, there's a lot of crossover and whatnot, but I actually like this movie much more than Mary Poppins. Oh. So we'll talk about that as well. But I liked it. I thought it was very cool. It's funny that you say that because I wish I could make that statement, but I need to watch Mary Poppins again. I haven't seen it. Watch in it again. Such, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah, I rewatched I it, it as it an adult. Either, so. I, gotta, I, like, I did hmm. see it. Oh, this is so funny because I just said, make it happen. Bring musicals on stage. When I graduated from high school, my um, senior year present was that my mom took me to see Mary Poppins in Sacramento, like mm-hmm. the musical, and I hated it. I wonder if it was because it was in Sacramento because pretty much every... You think eh, so? No, I well, I think it was because just the... It couldn't be as, like, dancey and theatrical. The chimney sweep scene was straight up awesome, but, like, the rest of it was a mm-hmm. little bit drab. Straight up awesome. So I do need to watch that movie again, mm-hmm. maybe in the future. Luis, what are your first impressions of bed knobs and broomsticks? That was pretty freaking cool. I liked yeah, you it. liked it? Cool. Yeah. Not only, like, really, you know... Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I like hearing Luis say that. I know. Me too. Makes me happy. It was very it's good. nice when you like things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it tends to be when Emily and Luis like something, me and Andre are like, nah. And then when we like have bad taste. And when we like something hey. Whoa. <laughs> you guys are like, eh. I'm starting to see a recurring theme here. Mm. And it's not just because we're significant others. It's That's probably because we have similar interests. Theme. I've agreed with Andre on several occasions. Rarely. And I've disagreed with my wife on several occasions. Rarely. That we're not on the podcast and you were dealt with afterwards. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see Luis right now. He's got bruises all over his body. Shut <laughs> up. Oh, Guys, my God. It's like <laughs> funny. She doesn't deal Anyways, with bed knobs. All she and deals with is just my calamities that's it bed knobs and broomsticks i usually we talk about we talk about money at the end but for some reason i want to open with the money okay talk money i'm trying to i'm trying talk to me talk to me talk to me baby we were just talking about that anyways so (laughs) for some reason i i it's really hard for me to think in the concept of money had a different value many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very hard for me to think of what was a million dollars worth Bitcoin. in 19... <laughs> oh Shut <my> God. <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> Shut <laughs> it. Anyway. Stop laughing, Andre. Luis You're encouraging me. Emily absolutely hates Bitcoin. Oh, my God. Okay, go ahead. So it's really hard for me to conceptualize in my brain what a million dollars was worth in the year 1971. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll just say it in this way. This movie's budget was estimated about $20 million. They grossed $18.5 So they lost money on this movie. I actually think I have updated information. How dare that. you? You wrote the wrong numbers? I wrote down some numbers that I received from a website, and now I'm looking at some numbers that I'm looking at on another website. <laughs> uh, its budget was $20 million, Yes. And its box office return worldwide was $37.9 So you think that this, that was this number I was domestic? Oh, it domestic. says right here, Gross USA. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Correct. So how much worldwide? $37.9 million. Okay, so they made $17 million, But That's in the grand bad. scheme of things in 1971, was that really good? I don't That's know. That's really yeah? good. I think it's pretty good. You think good. so? I, if yeah, there was a lot of... Domestic, maybe not. But I don't think that that's... I don't think that that's the 
precursor to uh-huh. excuse me that's to not the indicator of success i don't yes. think i okay. mean historically i think we weren't very well off economically at the time so I want to say 17. <laughs> Louise is going to be like, so that was a good chunk of change. Thank you 17 very much. 17 million is quite a bit. So I it, think. Let me see. As for comparison, Mary Poppins, which we're going to compare this to a bunch anyway, uh, Mary Poppins' domestic lifetime gross was 102 million. Uh, what year? 1964. Wow, that's a huge. That's an insane. And this movie came out after. That's yes. a Huge difference. That's insane. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, so this maybe mov- not their most <laughs> profitable. Maybe not. This movie did come out um, in December of 71, um, and it was supposed to come out and be shown in um, the New York Christmas Festival. And so it's interesting because you would think that around that time, usually movies do better. Right. Um, so I wonder. Christmas movies. Mm. <laughs> Maybe not so fab. At least in that way, if we're talking money numbers. True. You guys money are gonna numbers. like look at me with some eyes, but like I actually like this movie a whole lot more than Mary Poppins. Mm. I said that too. I'm least said that as well, but I I can't make a comment. I need to watch it again. And I once again I like it about just as much as Mary Poppins. Well, before we continue to to do back and forth with Mary Poppins, let's talk about the movie itself, yes. and then we can we can do comparisons sure. later. Let's so, do it. This one um, has an interesting plot. Right, it's Andre. Do you want to go through the plot points? Sure, because it's funny when Andre says. I it. just heard him, so I'm going to try and do him from memory. I go have, ahead. I have a Wikipedia article here if I if I need help. Um, okay, so we open this movie with World War Two. All right, boom. We're in England. The kids are being evacuated. There. Hold up. Hold up. Scratch that. Well, yes. That is not how the movie opens. The movie opens with the weirdest introduction credit scene i have ever seen in my entire life well he has, was given plot points right it has an <laughs> opening credit scene uh if you want to know about the opening credit scene let me tell you it's animated it's it's based off of the bayou tapestry which is a full account of the year 1066 norman oh. conquest of britain and it's Whoa. made on a seamless linen cloth in the medieval times so what this movie did was it took that and created a a it, it showed that tapestry and then put the events of Nazi fought into it. Into it. Right. So, yes, it's odd, All but I it's based off of... And it makes the, sense once you... All I remember is we started watching this movie, and these older movies did the credit scenes at the beginning where it yes. was kind of, you know, there was there was cartoon and animation going on in the background with the actors and actresses and directors and everyone being named... But we literally, all four of us, were just staring at it like, what is going on? Well, Andre and I were trying to figure it out. We were like, are they supposed to be like faceless masses going into war and they're right. nameless? And there was a lot more. We were trying to get real. We were very it. metaphorical. They were like traveling through time because I saw like, you know, guns. And then, <laughs> and then the movie happened and, and we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. You should have heard us. We were getting real metaphorical <laughs> and then it got real, <laughs> real specific real quick. <laughs> so funny. So funny. We'll, we'll come full circle with that at the end, but. Plot oh, points. Yes, We're in London. Back to the plot. Yes. So <laughs> children are being evacuated from London because London is being bombed. Uh, yes. Blitzkrieg style. Right, Louise? Pew, pew. Bow, bow, bow. Yes. Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. They're just being bombed. Let's uh, stick with that. In it. random um, order. <laughs> no, strategically. Okay. So, random. So the kids are being evacuated uh, Not to protect them. Bomb, bomb, bomb. They're taking to this small town in England. Yes. Right? Yes. Where The countryside. In the countryside. It's beautiful. Which they did with a lot of children. They put them on trains and said, get away from the bombing. Plot points, Michelle, move along. 
<laughs> Sorry. The kids are the kids are taken to a museum where they are um, supposed to be kind of like fostered out to different to different people in the in the community that can help them. And uh, these three particular kids are left with a uh, a Miss Alice. Is that her name? Is that what her name is? Miss Price. Yes. Her name is Miss Price. Yes. Eglantine Price. Eglantine Price. Thank you. She is like, oh, I don't want those kids. Get these, get these kids away from me. Which is funny because you could tell she's super secretive. So you're like, ooh, yeah. what's she secreting what's about? What's her secrets? And so the kids, they get to her place. She's like, oh, all right, kids, hang out here and uh, I'm going to go to bed. And then she doesn't <laughs> go to bed. I'm going to go to bed. She doesn't go to bed. She just got a new witching broomstick in the mail. And she is so excited. Because she has joined uh, a school. Does anybody remember the name of the school? Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> school has, of Witchcraft and Wizardry. She has gotten a letter from Hogwarts School, Hogwarts of, Witchcraft school of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Pretty much a school in London. She is contracting out to get whiz- whizzical. <laughs> get, let's get whizzical, whizzical. I want to get whizzical. So pretty much she's getting her wizarding stuff from London yes. through this college. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like an online school. Exactly. And she's getting different packages from... Her from her professor school, yeah. So she uh, goes on a on an attempted flight of her broomstick. The kids see her outside of the window crash and burn like pretty hard. <laughs> She's hilarious. not great at being a witch quite yet. Um, so the kids are like, "Whoa, hey, what's going on with this lady?" And then All of a sudden, <laughs> and they're Beatles. like, "She's a witch." <laughs> they're the Beatles. <laughs> Jolly Carrie Pole. Um, <laughs> no, that was good. That was really good. Thank actually. you. Okay, my memory is a little bit fuzzy for this next part because... I will go through plot points. We I, are going way too slow. I, yes, we're going Here's the slow. plot point. I had eaten some soup. I was Pretty thinking. much. You ate some soup? <laughs> yeah, that he's, was the night we had soup, and I was, I was Oh, tired. yeah, we did eat soup. Anywho, he's souped down oh, right here. Yeah. So they figure out that she's a witch, and they pretty much bribe her to keep her quiet um, so that they don't tell the rest of the town because she doesn't want everyone to know that she's a witch. Right. So she pretty they bribe her, and she ends up giving them um, a spell that transforms the bed upstairs into a traveling machine. We'll talk specifics later. So cool. now they end up going to London to figure out what happened to the wizarding school that she was going to because right. they sent her a letter saying that they closed down. And she was like, oh, heck no. I just started being a witch. <laughs> I just started witching, even though she's a sucky witch. <laughs> <laughs> the worst witch. <laughs> Which is actually she's really funny. She's what I would be if I was a witch. Oh, for all sure. of us. Like, we're, we would be really bad witches and wizards i guess i'd be great at it yeah nobody asked shut up nobody (laughs) (laughs) so um she knows what her professor's name was and she goes to find him and pretty much she finds out that he's a fraud he's a con man he's a con man and he's really surprised that even though she's a bad witch like things are working for her and all she wanted was the spell of locomotive some something substitutionary locomotion oh there you go that got it um and so pretty much after that they go on a on a man a witch hunt pretty much (laughs) 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 to find the spell and then master it yes adventures happen so (laughs) so that she can do her part for the war effort so that's that's pretty much what happens in the movie and they go to broomsticks we got bed knobs (laughs) it's crazy So we go all over um, time and back and animation and back to figure out substitutionary locomotion for fighting Nazis. Yes, yes. we do. <laughs> that was a very good summary, Emily. Thank you. <laughs> You're I, I, needed I, had, I had to like uh, speed it up. I'm sorry. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Side note. Yes. Andre said that he forgot the plot because he ate soup. That's so funny. <laughs> well, it's not that. that I forgot the plot. It's that I was, in fact, asleep at that point. What happened was You're welcome. <laughs> Emily and Luis owned this movie from the Disney Movie Club. Disney Shout Movie out. Club? Yes. Yeah. I need to be a part of that thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I came over and they were like, you want to watch a movie? And I, I was, was like, also there. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I'm making. Yes, Andre was present. As I well. said, listen, <laughs> <laughs> I'm making chicken tortilla soup tonight. And then I was like, I can bring it over. So then I cooked the best pot of chicken tortilla soup ever. Don't even, Luis. But weren't you already here? No. How could you bring it over if you're already here? Shut I up. brought over the ingredients. We ate the soup. We watched the movie. Moving along. Uh, Andre fell asleep. Anyway. Andre fell asleep because he was, was inebriated with soup. Inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> soup makes you sleepy. Sleepy I was, soup. I was so, I was moving on. Hashtag always snacking. <laughs> okay. A good thing. Oh, no. I don't know what I'm going to say there. Oh. Oh. Go ahead. Characters. Characters. Is what we are going to talk about next. My favorite part. I love talking about characters. Go ahead. I think <laughs> I want to start with. Eglantine. Angela Lansbury, a.k.a. Eglantine Price. Go. Eglantine is not a witch, which I think is so funny. She's an apprentice witch. Oh, even better. You're right. right. Even better that... And I think all... Like, it's so funny because... I'm not sure about you, Louise. I'm not sure if you've read all the Harry Potter books. Refresh my memory. He says no. I've read zero Harry Potter books. Anyways, (laughs) Emily... Myself and Andre looked at each other and were like, oh, she's an apprentice witch. She's everything we wish we could hope we could be. And I, they never say her age in the movie, but I want to say she's probably in her 40s. And the fact that probably. she's going back to school to be a witch makes me feel like my Hogwarts her, letter could come any day. She's following yeah. her dreams. Yeah. My Hogwarts letter is going to come any day You don't day have to now. be 11. That's yeah. right. <laughs> you don't have to be 11 in this movie. So I really appreciated that. I was like, oh, you get it, girl. You, you be an apprentice witch. You do got to be British, though. We're out of luck. Yeah, but you know, she's yeah. doing her civic duty, okay? She's like, there's a For war, the war going on. I'm going to do my war effort. Right. I'm By I'm learning like, wizardry. You better get some witchcraft. <laughs> By practicing witchcraft, <laughs> which is so funny. But even the fact that she's an apprentice witch. So we'll kind of talk about this. The con man that had sold her all of these spells and lessons that she was learning they were basically like phony um he had got them out of a historical well he thought they were phony right yeah but he had kind of modified them remember he said he put his own spin on them so pretty much what happened was he got an actual spell book which he thought was fake because they weren't working for him right Right. Mm -hmm. and he like he said he modernized them Right, which really just yeah, meant like the like, spells need to be like more messed modern. Them up. Yeah, pretty much he messed them up, and that's probably why they weren't working exactly. for her, right? Because she was like half saying them right because he had changed them when he sent them out to her. Um, but it's funny because this this guy we call him the con man, but his name was Emilius Brown, and he was played by David Tomlinson, who was the dad in Mary Poppins, which is all I could think of. But it's funny because in this role, he is actually even though he's quote unquote I a love con him. Man, I he love was him. Funny. He's very yeah, funny and so joyous funny. and jolly. Yeah. And very the opposite of what he was in. Yes. He's the one that sings all the songs, right? He sings like yeah, he'd 90% be singing of the yes. songs. Oh, yeah. And it's not about flying kites. So, no. I mean, right. it's, he's, he's moving on up in the world here. Um, but it's interesting because even though he is a con man and even though he pretty much finds out that, like, he, I thought in the movie he was going to turn out to be much more grumpy because, like, it worked for her but didn't work for him. Right. But he's actually, like, hey, this is actually kind of cool. Like, let's make this work for both of us. <laughs> I um, love magic. This is awesome. Yeah, he's all about it. I'll so ride it, this bed forever. <laughs> so it actually ends up being quite a little jolly story with him, even though he didn't go the path I thought he would. Right. It was better than I thought. And, I, and we can almost talk about them together. Like, I love their relationship. It's so funny. 
Um, because she is very opposite of him. She's like, listen, I just need to be a witch and get that spell. And he's like, no, girl, we're going to be <laughs> magicians and you're going to be my assistant and it's going to be great. And you're we're going to make a lot. Assistant, even right. though you're the one doing the magic. And he was like, or, or he had that whole song where he was like, you're going to have like all the spells and I'm going to have the brains and we're going to make a bunch of money. You know what I mean? So money, money, money. Hilarious. <laughs> but she does not care at all. She's so, it's funny because she... Is I love her. She's very humble about like where she is and the position she's mm-hmm. in. Like she's like, man, I'm not that great of a witch. And the whole scene where she's literally like a kid in a candy store opening up her broom <laughs> that she got, and she is so excited to ride it, like so excited to ride this broom but in the instructions it says that you have to sit ladylike and so the broom's like flailing her around around and it's so hilarious so finally she's like whatever i'm straddling this broom and she goes sexist broom instructions right i was about to say that same thing (laughs) (laughs) so finally she's like whatever she straddles the broom goes to ride completely crashes and burns and that's everything i'm gonna be as a witch one day all i <laughs> when <laughs> into a witch, Can't wait. i'm just saying i'm gonna show I'm you, guys you have high aspirations <laughs> i do i do Thank i'm gonna you. show you guys a picture right now and i'll post this on the instagram of her when she first gets her broom and it's oh, her God. hugging it and i want you to tell me what word comes to your mind about what she's feeling right now oh <laughs> my god um, i hear <laughs> oh my god yeah i feel like she's literally like nothing in the world can stop me i'm a witch oh, like, well she's turning into an evil witch i guess right. you guys but the way she's clutching it she's like oh i feel like she's like this is the best moment of my entire life she's like new broom who this <laughs> <laughs> new broom who this anyway she breaks it real easily but it's just so like her character to me is Although she's very, very smart, she's also kind of, like, unaware of, like, what's going on with certain things, but that her personality just cracks me up. Yeah, she's definitely she's definitely a cutie in this she's one. fun lady. She's actually, uh, and this is going to sound awful, but I think she makes up for, like, the brattiness of these three orphan kids <laughs> who came from, like, city center London. Yeah. Um, unfortunately... They are very, you can tell they're very streetwise and it's probably because they were growing up hard because they were in the middle of the war and they were orphans and all this, but they definitely don't want to be with her and they don't like that they're in this whole situation. And the kid, one of the kids is actually like, I ain't getting on that bed. You tripping. (laughs) (laughs) I am not, I'm not traveling with you. Um, And he only ends up traveling because he sees that the magic is working. He doesn't want to get left behind. So the the kids are super funny because they like, they don't really care about her, but they love uh, Amelia's Brown. Oh, yeah. They totally love the con man. And He's oh, our new father. <laughs> and they don't even ever ask her to be their mother. They're no. just like, <laughs> they're just like, Amelia's Brown, we love you. This guy has no responsibility. They do not love, like her at all. But I will vouch for the kids. I will. I will. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just so you guys know, I'm freaking out right now because I'm eating Takis and my right eye is watering <laughs> like very, very... Only one eye? Just one eye. Okay. So I, I'm okay. <laughs> Hashtag always snacking. Anyways. Well, there's Takis on your nubbins, so I mean, that's probably part of it. Go it's ahead. It's my nubbins. It's fine. Anyways. So I will vouch for the kids. The kids, we can talk about them. They are very bratty and kind of seem unappreciative of what's going on. She says, you will wash up before you're going to dinner. And they're like, what? <laughs> they're like so offended that they need to wash up before they go to dinner. And they don't want to eat all her good food from her garden. Yeah, right, she was yeah. like, I eat, you know, 
just basically all veggies. And they're like, oh, we eat. What do they say? Just have like any fried food. We, you don't have any fried, <laughs> food. fried food. Bangers and mash. And just going through all of these things that we no, were like, what chips. is that? So funny. It was weird but fish and chips, Andre. I can't remember. I don't know. I that's the only British thing I can think yeah. of. Mutton. Mutton. Mutton today. Mutton tomorrow. Mutton Does anyone know what that's from? It's from Lord of the Rings, but do you guys know what mutton is? It's lamb. It's what? Like lamb. Chops. Mm-hmm. Well, lamb chops. apparently it's almost like... Hot dog lamb? Almost like gelatin meat. Yum. Hmm. Yeah. I'd Delicious. eat it. Mm. Hashtag always snacking. Okay, we need to move along. So, the reason <laughs> I will vouch for the kids and that they like the con man more than her is because she straight up, when the brattiest kid of them all, the, the oldest, the, Charlie. the boy, Charlie, it's always Charlie. He, was basically trying to blackmail her into have them make good food for them. And, like, he just wanted the house to be run his way. And he's like, you're not even a good witch. You can't even ride a broom. And she was like, well, I'm going to turn you into a toad. And he's like, do it. Like, basically, like, come at me, bro, (laughs) type of thing, which is what I thought of. I was like, wow, that kid has a lot of guts just to be like, do it. She turns him into a bunny. And I was like, I don't know if that's good parenting skills, like, just to turn your kid into a bunny. I don't know. It's not her kid. She Still. didn't want him in the first place. True. Still. She's but like, but I got stuck with these little That munchkins. is why they like the con man better, because she just straight up turned him into a Kids rabbit. It's much easier to control as bunnies. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that cat wanted that bunny, too. That cat was going to oh, eat that mean bunny. Oh, you cosmic creepers? <laughs> Funny story. The Andre, cat with the best name on earth. Andre cosmic and I have a black creepers. cat that lives at our neighbor's um, <laughs> Our neighbor's apartment, and it's when we—it's not our cat at all. It's not our cat. Um, it's it's a neighborhood cat, but it lives at our um, neighbor's apartment. And so when we got home from watching this this movie, he's all, "What's up, cosmic creepers?" <laughs> and he just keeps calling the cat that now. Because it's a better name than whatever name it already has. Uh, yep, it didn't have a name. Exactly. Now it's cosmic creepers. Oh my god! Should be happy. My favorite thing is that he. <laughs> one of the kids asks her, "Like, what's the cat's name?" And she's like. How should I know? It's, right. I call it by the name it was given, Cosmic Creeper. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, okay. Yeah, if Sorry. I was that kid, I'd be like, we've got to get out of here. <laughs> now. <laughs> this is the craziest cat lady <laughs> we ever could have been set up with. I like to compare Eglantine to Trelawney a lot from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So Professor Trelawney is the divination professor, and she's just straight up weird. And a lot of, the, like, just that she moment where she's calling... Future. Where she's calling the cat Cosmic Creepers, just like, that's the name it was given. I'm like, yeah, you're Trelawney, like, for real. Mm. So I'm going to disagree, but I don't want to go into a whole... Whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, you have your opinion. Whatever. <laughs> that's my opinion. You want to know what's really interesting? Mm. Is that this movie was an Oscar winner. Yes. Really? Yes. It got best effects and special visual effects, mm-hmm. and it was a nominee for four other Oscars. It got nominee. It got nominated for best art direction for the set, best costume design, best music for original song, and best music for scoring, adaptation, and original song score. Right, which that's is like some really very interesting. That's like that's a lot acclaim. of stuff. Yeah, and especially for like if we're if we're comparing it to Mary Poppins again with how much money Harry Pop Mary Poppins <laughs> made. <laughs> Uh-huh. Harry Moppins. <laughs> anyway. Harry Moppins. You're a wizard, Harry Moppins. <laughs> Moppins today, Moppins tomorrow. What's funny? And it'll be Moppins the next day. <laughs> what's really funny about uh, the fact that they're all just laughing at Harry Moppins. Uh, what's really funny about the fact that it won the Oscar for Best Effects, Best Special Visual Effects, is that there was only two movies in that category. 
There was bed knobs and broomsticks, and the other movie was when dinosaurs ruled. So that was my comment. If at the time that Mary Poppins came out, it made so much money and had so much critical acclaim, and this movie that made a lot less was nominated for a lot of Oscars, it makes me wonder like what came out that year. Right. Like, if things were comparable. But if you think about it, that was one thing that we did say when we were watching this movie was that the visual effects were pretty cool. Yeah, like every good. every time that the bed flew, it was pretty cool. And right. every t- you, like, saw it moving through t- kind of time and space as it was going, you actually saw some really cool pan images and stuff. And I was able to do some research and find... Um, pictures of production when they were actually doing like their flying w- on the green screen mm-hmm. which actually wasn't green at that time it was, it was an blue. orange screen oh, orange. which I thought was really interesting, interesting. Um, and we'll post some more stuff about that but it was cool because a lot of the time that they did that and also when they did it with the animation and uh, the live action at the same time yes. they had to use um, that orange screen um, to make the effects happen correctly oh. Very cool. Yeah, I was thinking about it like in comparison to like Roger Rabbit, which we saw was like mm-hmm. a whole new evolution of how to do like hybrid animation yes. and live action. But like this, it it looked pretty good. Like oh, the, I thought it them, was good. Them interacting with the um with the cartoon characters, like they were grabbing on each other and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they were you know they were interacting very well, a, a lot better than I would have expected after watching Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah, well there's one scene actually that really caught my attention where they go to the island of Naboomboo and they're in. Inter- <laughs> and they're interacting with the king of the island. Yes. Who is literally never named in there, but they call him King, king Leonidas, um, yeah. like in merchandise and stuff after the movie came out. So um, Emilius Brown is interacting with him, and they're trying to get the star um, that has the the wordage for the spell, the on, spell. His tre- mm. on his chest. It's the, what, the incantation. Star, the incantation, the star of Astaroth. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to get it off him, and... Emilius Brown gets picked up actually by the lion and so he's holding him with his hand and you can see his whole shirt and everything is being held up and suspended and the way that they did that was they actually had him suspended in a harness Mm -hmm. and there was a string pulling his jacket up and the the string in the production actually ended up being the lion's hand. So they were really masterful kind of for the time period to think about how to interact like the animation with the um, live action which I thought was really cool. And that was actually like my favorite part of the movie was when they were in the boom boo. I, mm-hmm. I pro- you'll probably disagree with me because I don't know if that was your favorite part, but for me, like that was probably the best part of the movie, it and I could really appreciate like all the time that they took to like make it look that way. Well, and it was actually really funny, and I, I'm, so, I want to hear Luis's, um, I want to hear Luis's take on this part because one of the biggest things that they did on here, and I had no idea this was going to happen, was they played. A soccer game. Yeah. Hilarious. And for those of you who don't know, Luis is like soccer all day, every day. Which is day. probably why he liked this movie. M- maybe. Um, but they also made reference to some really big and still very prominent English soccer teams. Oh. Um, they made reference to Tottenham Hotspur and Man United. Shout out David Flores. Not for you. Just kidding. It's totally for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they made reference to those teams. And then they actually played a soccer game where Amelia's Brown ended up being the... Uh, the referee, the referee. Yeah. a very so <laughs> funny, very sad. But Louis he got beat up. He got, he got beat up really bad. But Louis was in there like this ain't this ain't no kind of soccer I'm playing. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit off that in one take or one scene they call it soccer, right? And then they call it football the next. 
Will you explain to our listeners why that's a issue for you? It's an issue because because normal people like us would be like what? <laughs> pretty much, uh, the game of soccer is not known as soccer in England. It's right. called football. But because we already have a sport in the United States called football, we call it soccer. Mm-hmm. So the movie was very inconsistent in its use of the name for the terminology. The sport. Yeah. I think that that is because this movie was released in America. I agree. I agree so but then I would have been in a, soccer. Just like in Harry Potter when they had to do Philosopher's Stone versus Sorcerer's Stone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I would have been completely fine had they said soccer the entire time, but then they brought up football. That's why. But I, I think I, it's because the the character that used the term soccer, correct me if I'm wrong, was it the just the lion? I think it was I think it might have been Amelius Brown. Okay, I was going to say soccer. it might have been because Charlie was the one that said football and he was using a lot of, you know, slang and English terminology yeah. toads in a hole, you know, like mm-hmm. he was saying a lot of that kind of terminology, cocky, uh-huh. uh, colloquialisms. Yes. So maybe that's why he said football, but but that's I'm not necessarily uh, slang or colloquialism. That's how it's known all over England. Right. So, but I bet you, yeah. it's beca- I could imagine if someone who did the only reason I'm gonna act, I don't, I'm not gonna put on a front for you. I would have been like, why are they calling it football? It's soccer. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, being like just from the United States and not watching international soccer, but Luis is an international soccer fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him, he was like. Let's not get inconsistent. Bed knobs and broom sucks. <laughs> but yeah, if you didn't know that, if you thought it was just called soccer, then mm-hmm. them saying soccer and then this little Cockney kid saying, oh, football, it, it makes sense as, a, as a slang term. And it's good for you to know because if you did not know, the World Cup is coming up this year. And since the United States is not in the World Cup, you can now watch football, <laughs> football. with the rest of us and pick a different team. There you go. <laughs> there you go. This has been the sports section of the Walt Ball Podcast. <laughs> I will say, however, that that football scene, it's a it's a toss up between um, the football scene and the beautiful briny sea scene, which is my favorite of the entire movie. For some reason, I connected a lot more with like the very silly animated parts. But those two scenes, like all the scenes on the boom, boom were just absolutely masterful and hilarious. I loved it. Do you want to know something interesting about the beautiful briny sea? Yes. Song that song was actually written for Mary Poppins. Just bobbing along, bobbing Mm -hmm. along, the Mm -hmm. bottom of the beautiful briny sea. Mm -hmm. It was stuck in my head for like a couple days after, and shout out to Sherman and Sherman again. Shermie, Shermie. Uh, Sherman, Sherman, doing doing their business, being amazing as always. This was their last... Disney film that they wrote songs for until the Tigger movie in 2000. <gasps> yes. They wrote the songs for the Tigger movie? They did. they did. Are you kidding me? I love that. If you guys don't know me, some of some listeners, I they know by now that I'm obsessed with The Little Mermaid, but my very, very first love was growing. I grew up on Winnie the Pooh, and Tigger is my jam. I probably have 20 Tigger There's stuffed so animals in our, in our house, and about <laughs> maybe 100 in storage. 100? No, I'm not even kidding. That's an issue. Absolutely she obsessed with Tigger. Tiggers, when we saw the Tigger movie in the theater, I cried for days, and my mom had to like calm me down. Well, there you go, Sherman and Sherman. Sherman and Sherman. Oh, well, thank you for. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, thanks, Sherman Brothers. But yes, that song was. I guess we can kind of go into music now. But that that song was my favorite um, from the movie, and just the way the scene was. You talked again about how they they really did well with the orange screen mm-hmm. and things like that. But the scene where. Eglantine and is 
Cornelius mm-hmm. were dancing. Um, Emilius. Emilius, I'm sorry. When they were dancing mm-hmm. was so good. Like, granted, it did look, you know, like, we, we know they're on wires and we know yeah. it's, like, a little bit fake. But it was so, like, something about it was, like, very nostalgic and, like, I really, really liked it. Yes. Well, it's really interesting because, so this is something that I learned after doing some research about the movie. But it kind of ties into the music, like, what you're talking about. So apparently the movie was originally much, much, much longer, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. that it was supposed to play at the New York City Hall Christmas show um, but it had to be cut down because of time constraints. They couldn't be over And the movie's hours. already yes. long to me. Oh, yeah. For this type of movie, it was, yeah. like, I think almost two almost hours. Almost two hours. And it had a lot of stuff going on. So a lot of the movie got cut out, and a lot of it was music. Right. Oh, that's appara- unfortunate. Yeah, and apparently, like, the Sherman brothers were, um, were interviewed, and they're still, I don't... I don't mean to be disrespectful, but they're still salty about it. Like four <laughs> years later, they're, they, they should be they're upset because they feel like they put their heart and soul into this movie mm-hmm. because they know they knew um, how they felt like it was going to be a really big success. And they actually wrote all of this before the stuff for uh, Mary Poppins because oh, the wow. rights didn't go through for Mary Poppins. And that came over seven years later. Oh yeah. Well, if you well, and this is you don't know this yet, but when you watch Saving Mr. Banks. They talk about how hard it was for Walt Disney to get the rights for Mary Poppins. And they actually got the rights for this movie easier Mm -hmm. um, from the writer. So they started working on this and all the music was going through. And then it pretty much got cut out. And they were like, we just put our heart and soul into this. And then you... That's so unfortunate. Is that the that reason might, that this was the last Disney movie? Yeah, that, that they may did? explain it. Yeah. I mean, it without having be. to say it, you just kind of have to read in between the lines. I'm done with you, Walt. I'm done with you. It's so funny because. Um, oh wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. Didn't you say, Ems, or you you might have like mentioned it to me, but. Didn't Walt Disney fall asleep when they presented this yes. music to him for this so, movie? So I read this. No. I did read this. Um, that when they were. So it's so funny because now you. Re- okay. Number one. Two things we need to do. Number one. We need to watch Saving Mr. Banks regardless yes. of if we do it for the podcast. Right. Number two is we definitely need to watch the. Yes. Sherman Brothers documentary. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So listener Gavin, um, he had sent us a message. From the Pocketeers. From the Pocketeers, yes. Um, he had sent us a suggestion when we had done Sword in the Stone that like, hey, like, and this is where, I, this is what I was just going to say, you know, since we're kind of this generation after, mm-hmm. we were, we know lots about Ashman and Menken, but we don't necessarily know a lot about the Sherman Brothers. And I've been wanting to watch Saving Mr. Banks for a very, very long time. I just haven't had the opportunity yet. But now, like, as we're going along and I'm learning more about this, I like really really want to watch that documentary and learn a lot about them so maybe we could even do that like watch it and you know give our opinions on crack in the vault mm-hmm. that could be really cool if we yeah Bonus so, and we've Bonus. actually we've actually talked about that quite a bit like Gavin I don't want you to think we didn't we didn't listen no we just we're, we're we've trying talked about it 20 times yes. but the reason I bring that up is because in the Saving Mr. Banks movie you see how their whole creative process worked behind the scenes like in the studios and stuff and they would work on their music and then they would present it to Walt and he would be like yay or nay or whatever Mm -hmm. and apparently they're doing their song presentation for this movie and according to Richard Sherman they were so carried away telling their story and singing about Eglantine and how she shines Mm -hmm. and about the phony guy and blah 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 and they're going on and on and Walt fell asleep 
<laughs> like oh, no. during their presentation. Was he just tired? And that's what he. That's Did what he need some You'd coffee? have to hope he was it's tired. So, yeah, it's so, so cute. Disrespectful. <laughs> well, it's cute because at the end of the of the little thing I was reading, they said like, you know, this. It's so funny. Walt had really long days, and he put his heart and soul into everything he did. So he probably was just really tired. Right. Yeah. But they were like, "Come on, Walt, we're yeah. working on this." So. Even and and they did say later on that even though he fell asleep, he totally loved that music, okay. but it did end up getting chopped. <laughs> right. So it's it kind of like, ooh, so how much did he really uh, love it? Exactly. Well, that's we, difficult. We're gonna watch that uh, documentary. We might yes. find out a little yeah, more. Yeah. So it's called, it's called the Boys, the Sherman Brothers story. Yes. Um, it's no longer on Netflix, unfortunately, but I will I will include a link to get it on. Darn. Amazon but yeah. So listeners, if you want to subscribe to be a member on Patreon, we are going to watch the. Sherman Brothers documentary and do a little crack in the vault on it. It'll be so much fun. Woo woo. Patreon.com slash wall vault. Woo. Woo woo. So yeah. Um, but as for the music in in this movie, um, it's kind of interesting as like how this performs as a musical. It's it's not so much like let's all break out into song. It's kind of just like Hey, I'm just gonna sing a little bit here for a little while. I won't even lie, I kinda like it. Yeah. I it seems to carry into it. the next scene almost. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I made the comment before that this movie, I just I feel very, very strongly about the fact that I think this movie would be such a good theatrical production. Mm-hmm. Like even when they have the dancing um scene for Portobello Road, so they sing the song Portobello mm-hmm. Road, but then they go into this like ten minute long dancing scene and I was like, This is great. This is it's a musical, you know, oh, like it's yeah. a it's a theater production. I think that's my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, it's amazing. Is the Portobello Road. Whole, the whole interaction right. of that. Because <laughs> Angela Lansbury's character is like so serious about finding this yeah. book. And nobody's helping her. Like Everyone's having and, a jolly old surprisingly, time. surprisingly, she never gets mad. Right. She, I was waiting for her to lose her business like <laughs> ten times. Yeah. And she was just like, I'm just looking through my little thing. But I will tell you, this is something I read and it kind of made me sad. So this is her something that she said later about the acting. She refers to this movie as acting by numbers. Did you read this? Yes, Andre? I did. It's kind of sad because what she said was that it was almost uh, she, I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase that it was almost over storyboarded this whole mm-hmm. movie so that it wasn't like the actor was bringing themselves to the role. They were playing the role. Right. Like, like a musical. Exactly. Yeah. So instead I of her tell. being able to like kind of be herself and add inflection and facial expressions and everything, they literally storyboarded her facial expressions, mm-hmm. what they wanted her to do. And that right. almost... I kind of got that vibe. I wonder if that takes some of the fun out of being an actor. Yeah, I'm sure it does. And I'm sure, f- especially for the time that this movie came out, she was still doing... Broadway plays and musicals and stuff like that, where I'm sure she had a lot more room to. to I'm sure her, she was. Her acting yeah, around. exactly. Whereas a movie like this, which has so many special effects, so she has to be in the places where she has to be, and she has to say the things mm-hmm. at the right time, so that they look good together. It melt her. It made her felt more chained down mm-hmm. than she was used to feeling. Either way, she did absolutely. Oh, she totally did. Wonderful. Yeah. But you know what else is interesting? And Andre probably read this too. I think we read the same article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that. Um, this is this is interesting World War Two stuff coming at you is that she actually even though she felt chained down by the role itself she actually was able to connect with Eglantine and the whole story because she too was um, a part of World War Two she was in England ah. when World War Two broke out and so she kind of was given the choice by her parents about evacuating um, well going to a boarding school in the countryside or staying at home and not 
pretty much not going out to work on her acting there. Right. And she chose to do that second option. But it's interesting because she hmm. was able to associate with that. And all of the other actors, except for one, are all British. Yeah, I read that. I read that her, Roddy McDowell, and Robert Stevenson all emigrated to the U.S. Mm-hmm. because of World War II. Wow. Just like the kids had to leave their homes uh, during and that And that just brings so like reality really into the movie, yeah. you yeah. know? I like that a lot. So that was actually really cool. Um, but let's 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 move into like the the big spoiler alert at the end about like what actually the super lo- perlative locomotive. What is it again? I can't say uh, it right. Super victory. Superfluous. What is it? <laughs> no. What is it, Michelle? She's looking at me. She it's knows what it is. Subs- substitutionary locomotion. Thank you. My God. I wanted so you hard. guys to get it. Substitutionary locomotion. No, oh, she even knows it with the freaking with the accent. The, the accent. That song was great. Locomo- okay, so tell them what is what is the spell deal? So, at the beginning of the movie, we made this comment that <laughs> the intro credit cartoons did not have bodies. So there was just... <laughs> and we thought that it was like some deep meaning. Some deep metaphor that there was these <laughs> man, medieval... Like these soldiers aren't even treated like Medieval people. soldiers <laughs> and... faceless men. Yes. <laughs> the faceless men. Okay, this is not Game of Thrones, sir. <laughs> well, Anyways. So well, there's, there's close. just armor mm-hmm. and horse armor just floating around. Uh-huh. And then we were like, they threw in a witch because you see um, Eglantine <laughs> flying on her broom with the bit British flag. Which is and so best. we were like, maybe that's a metaphor for, you know, just we were going all out. It was ridiculous. And witches and witch hunts. Turns and out all it is is the spell substitutionary locomotion gives inanimate objects life. So it basically yes. brings them to life. So we talked about at the beginning where the three children had got dropped off at a history museum where there is medieval, there was Huns, there was there was a lot of different war memorabilia. And um, armor. Yes, armor. So and weapons. She does the substitutionary locomotion spell while they're in the museum after they got captured by the Nazis. All Wait, of Nazi attack. Nazi attack. By the way. Yes. Oh yeah. Boom. <laughs> Just so you know, Nazis happened. Um so See now you really want to watch this movie. Then they she basically brought everything in the museum to life and was just like attack like she was like the grand marshal of the the war. She totally this led moment. an entire ambush of the ambushing right. Nazis with this inanimate army yes. and it was actually hilarious to watch this like unmanned armor go at it with real Nazi shoulders. They were they were scared out. They were beating them up. They were this this substitutionary locomotion was kicking butt. Oh, yeah. She definitely was like strongholding the war effort on this English. This was my favorite scene in the movie because it was just fighting. It was awesome. Oh, it was hilarious. Um, it was, but it was comical too. Like it was yes. actually had some good action for being a Disney movie because mm-hmm. usually at that time Disney movie didn't really have right. like this type of action. Um, but it also was quite hilarious. It looked really good the way that all the suits of armors without any people in them, uh, you know, fought. I would love to know how long that took them to do because I feel like that was probably very probably a, <laughs> cumbersome. A fairly long amount of time. I have some uh, Easter eggs about the the armor. Please do. The armor. In the battle with the Nazis was actually real, authentic medieval armor that was used Shut. in the movie Camelot and then El Cid. And then it says, when any item of armor was to be destroyed, 
exact exact fiberglass replicas were created and used. So these were exact replicas mm. of the armor used. So in cool. That's actually really cool. So it was things. either real or if it was supposed to be destroyed in the scene, yeah, it was then they would make <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's really awesome. cool. Yeah. I think it was like donate or it wasn't donated to them, but they got it from the Camelot um from their prop department, I guess. That's actually really cool because that just adds another layer of realism because they very well could have like just thrown together some stuff and I probably wouldn't have been the wiser. Right, yeah. They did a great job with that scene. But it's really cool the way they do it. You know, they got like helmets flying off and, you know, Nazis swinging their guns through it. and <laughs> Through like fake yes. heads that aren't there. Like, let's talk about real ghosts. Like, that's hilarious. I can tell that like it's a person obviously like walking. Like, sure. I, I can tell that they like had the person the top of the armor be at the the top of their head and then have a floating head. Like, for some reason, I could kind of tell. But it was... Nobody else could tell? Well, I I kind of could. I I will be honest. I was really trying to suspend my disbelief there, so I was really focusing on the armor more than the background, which is so unlike me because (laughs) I'm always the one trying to find, like... And I'm not. The the extra piece. So that's funny that you did that. That I did it this time. Mm -hmm. But either way, I still absolutely loved it. Like, for the time... It was so funny. It was very funny. So funny. And it was also... (laughs) It was also funny just to see the Nazis like be scared they were like ah! and like running away and stuff yeah. I was like yeah get out of here Nazis well it's funny because there was actually some really hilarious like interchanges either with the Nazis mm-hmm. and almost like it, w- it was just funny how they were portrayed in this movie like one of my favorite quotes and the whole thing is right at the beginning of the movie so this is taking it back a little bit and they're talking about do you remember right at the beginning there's a guy standing up and he's painting a sign yeah. remember yeah he's, he's painting yes. a sign right at the front the and road you, yeah, and they're on the road and you see oh, that this right. captain come up and you could tell he's like with the british army and he's like you there which way to peppering eye mm-hmm. and the guy is painting over the sign showing where peppering eye is right and the elderly farmer's like couldn't say sir it said on the wireless to paint all the signposts and Nazis drop in and the captain's like I'm not a Nazi I'm a British o- British officer and the farmer's like that's what you would say if you was a Nazi isn't it sir and right in that moment for some reason in that moment I literally was like that's something Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> would say like that popped into my head I was like oh get it dude well it's just funny it's because it's funny. like mm-hmm, like like Very just funny. one more like I'm getting it over on you right. yeah, and the British so, so funny. And the officer gets so PO'd <laughs> and he's like Mm, I guess I'll go this way. <laughs> the opposite way. It was so very cute. It's interesting because this funny. movie came out in 1971, and World War II Indeed. happened. And ended in 1945, right? Indeed. I wonder how Indeed. how long it took before Nazis were portrayed as kind of like silly and bumbling in film. Don't know. Like after World War II. You know what? Honestly, it. They were portrayed pretty early yeah. on. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure at, we had like propaganda yeah, against them and stuff so, like that during the war. I mean, that would have to count yeah. as, and, into your question if you really want to ask that because early on propaganda did make them bumbling. Right. Okay. Um, so at this well, point, I think it made it's old a, hat. Oh, it's old hat. Mm. Well, I mean, the good thing is it made them less scary for other children. people. Right, yeah. For children. But I mean, I feel bad because not, well, not for Nazis, but you know. <laughs> Given the time period, too, it's like if you're going to look at some kind of like historical nemesis or anything like that, it it being, you know, the middle of the Cold War, they're more likely likely going to use Nazis Nazis, than Soviets because they just are. There's that whole tension going on. Let's not make it worse. Shouldn't do this right now. Hashtag too soon. (laughs) That's just my assumption. You know, yeah, exactly. My own opinion. Well, you bringing in that information, would you like to go into 
All right, guys, for this week, it's getting worse. We are going to have a battle amongst wizards. Wizard battle. Or should I say. What did you say earlier? Quasi wizards, if you will. Did I say? Did I say Harry? Harry Moppins. Harry Moppins. Harry Moppins. Harry Moppins. So for this week's battle, who is a better house crasher? Okay, house crasher. Mister Brown from Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Amelia Brown. Or Professor Slughorn from Harry Potter. <laughs> so who was a better house crasher? Okay, I'm going to go into Slughorn because I know him a little bit better. Yes, he does. Professor Slughorn, when he's first introduced in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, uh, <laughs> Dumbledore and Harry are walking into this Nerd. house. They're walking into this muggle's house, and it's it's completely destroyed, right? Everything's, there's, everything's turned over. There's stuff broken everywhere. There's like blood on the walls and yeah. stuff like that. And it's like, oh, no, what happens to Professor Slughorn? He must have gotten attacked. Uh-uh. Dumbledore, <laughs> he pokes he pokes a chair with his wand, and then the chair turns into Professor Slughorn. He was hiding the whole time. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> he so, not only is a house crasher, he turned into a piece of the house. Right. So pretty much he was trying to hide so that the dark wizards wouldn't find him and try to yes. turn him into Yeah, so he would go to side. different houses just, like, all over the place he, and, like, crash them. For more than two weeks. No, like, he, he stays in abandoned or people when they're on vacation mm-hmm. and like things like that, he would go to their houses. Squatting. Yes, he's a, he's a squatter. <laughs> so, um, well, let's talk about who else is a squatter. Mr. Brown. Mr. Mr. Brown Amelia's is a squatter. Brown is also a squatter. So this is this actually cracked me up. So he meets this lovely little family of non-family, right? He mm-hmm. meets Eglantine and the kids, and they're walking all around Portobello Road, and then he's like, come on back to my abode, right? <laughs> he walks them back to this super fancy house, and they're nice like, house. this is where you live? And he's like, eh, <laughs> pretty much. Right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> this house had been bombed pretty much like all, there's bombs. There's a giant out, bomb. Huge yeah. bomb out front that didn't detonate. Explode, yeah. And... All the people had been evacuated, and he's just, like, squatting in this house, acting like he's rich. And he's like, this war is actually really profitable for me. (laughs) And he's, like, chilling in the house because all the people had left already. Ridiculous. And it is so funny. It's so funny even that Eglantine and the kids are like, okay, cool. If I saw that non-detonated bomb, I'd be like, we are getting out of here. Even Eglantine's kind of like, well, didn't go off. Let's go in. So So Obviously a dud. (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, they were pretty happy about it. I feel like they profited from that house. Right. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have found that book about the island in a boom boo. They hadn't gone in there. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. And then that whole plot would have been all messed up. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have met little, little, little knife. knife. <laughs> <laughs> little knife. Tiny knife. Tiny, tiny knife. knife. Sorry, I forgot what his name was. I, I want to use my own knife, knife sir, for sentimental reasons. Right. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Anyways. I'm going to say, how long did was Slughorn hidden for? I uh, probably just like forty-five seconds. Like he knew that. No, Dumbledore I was mean coming. in general, in time. Like oh. he never stayed in one place at once. Uh, I think about a year. About a year. As soon as he heard that, okay, he who must not be named was uh, back. Was back. He went into hiding. All right, I'm going Voldemort. with with <laughs> Mister Mister What? 
What's his name? I keep wanting to Brown? say Cornelius. Emilius. Emilius. Brown. I'm going with Mr. Emilius Brown because he was living in luxury. Yeah, he didn't a, have to hide. That I'm was just throw it one on great squatter. I mean, he did say that he kept the blinds closed so that, like, you know, he wouldn't get bombed the again. Cop, he's afraid <laughs> that the cop is going to see him. <laughs> Which was quite hilarious. But he actually was living in the life of luxury. Like, he was, like, chilling when Slughorn actually had to hide. Yeah. And he had to be a freaking armchair. But he Fake was blood. only hiding, hiding because Dumbledore was on his way. I'm still. I think, I think most of the time he was probably living in the lap of luxury. I'm going to say well. both of them lived in hard times. They were both wars. They were both wars. Just of, war. of different types. And Slug, in Britain. Slughorn was, he was not living a life of luxury. Nah. And uh, Emilius Brown was. So I'm going with Emilius Brown. I, I too. That was, that was a good deduction, Michelle. Funny. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with my boy Andre here because. He didn't even give an answer. Well, he knows. Because. <laughs> You know, we only know that Emilius Brown was in one house. And whether or not this house is of luxury, um, Slughorn is obviously a better house crasher because he has crashed more than one home. Right. You don't know if Emilius Brown can't possibly crash more than one home. Sure. But he doesn't need to. He's living a life of luxury. Sure, <laughs> exactly. So he's in because the middle of a London Blitz. What does it matter? <laughs> be, because great use of terminology from history. You're welcome. Uh, because he is <laughs> definitely house hopping, and the question does relate: who is a better house crasher? I want to say because he has more experience. It is going to be Slughorn. He's got the tools. Jumping. He's got the magic. To make any jump, house his own. Jump. So you're just saying because Amelius Brown is actually not a good wizard. Uh-huh. <laughs> Correct, madam. Oh, fine, whatever. Slughorn out here, he's like... Jump, <laughs> jump, the I'm house just, is jumping. <laughs> Whoa. I'm just going to throw it out there and say... Get out of here. I think we should amend your question and say who's a better squatter, not who's a better house crasher, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Girl power, Michelle. Mm, pound it. Also... Now we that win. our battle's over, I just... Dun, 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 that was actually a really good battle, Louis. I yeah, just have to make a comment. <laughs> All right. Comment. Okay. The bed. The spell that she uses on the bed. Oh, she oh basically, the bed the, the bed. Yeah, bed the bed knob. in the movie. The bed knob and broomsticks. Bed so knob. she puts a spell, and I can't remember the exact name of the spell, inside of an object. And she says, I need an object that you can spin because you have to turn it for the spell. Mm-hmm. So... What's his face? The the littlest Paul, boy. Paul. Paul just freaking. But <laughs> so funny. He's like <laughs> taking out things of his pockets. He's like, I got a piece of string. <laughs> I got a piece of broken glass, nope. and I got a bed knob that I stole off the bed last night. I'm like, what do you mean, Paul? Okay. Anyway, so she's like, that'll do, and she imbues the spell inside of a bed knob. This just seems like a really comfortable way to travel because you just sit on a bed you put put the bed knob on and you turn it and then you just you just go and then guess what you don't have to stay in no hotel or nothing because you just already have your bed with you (laughs) i'm just saying out in the middle of a nasty london blitz i don't care (laughs) if i could take my bed with me anywhere i would so i'm comparing this to harry potter where they I was going to say evaporate. I was so wrong. <laughs> apparition. They apparate. Don't worry. I always say evaporate, Thank so you. that's all right. So they, they apparate, and face. if you've ever read Harry Potter or seen the movies, it can go terribly wrong if you're doing it the wrong way, and you it looks kind of painful. You can get splinched. It just doesn't sound fun. Nah, man. I'll just find a witch, apprentice witch. 
get a bed knob off of my bed. If I had one, I'll have no bed knob on my bed. And just be like, listen, put this little spell in here, and I can go wherever I want within the comfort of my own <laughs> bed. Have you guys ever seen Little Nemo? It's not Finding Nemo. Not. Little Nemo and his adventures in Slumberland. No. This is a kid who goes on like a magical adventure during the night where his bed lifts him up and flies him out of the window. No, I've never through, seen this. All through London and then into like a magical, is it a cartoon? Magical world. Yeah, it's a cartoon. Came huh. out in '89. No, but I've never seen it. I think it's based off of a off of a book. So is this? But that's what it reminded me of. Interesting. Yeah, yeah Emily, it, it is based off a book. I forgot. It's like three things. It's like three books. Well, there was two original books. Then she made a three book bed knob and broomstick thing. So she oh. made a book about a bed knob, and then she made a book about yeah. a broomstick. The magic bed knob, or how to become a witch in ten easy lessons, and oh, ten easy lessons, and bonfires and broomsticks. See, two. That's hilarious. Together. This is a great segue. You got some Eastery eggs for us? I do, actually. And this is hilarious that there are Easter-type eggs in this because being an older movie, we don't expect it as much. Sure. But there are two really good ones, and we actually heard one during the movie, and we were like, oh, look at that. We know that. So we actually hear the goofy holler. Yes, we yes. did. Remember we heard that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. In that the island of Naboomboo during the soccer game. Exactly. And actually, on the island of Naboomboo during the soccer game, there's also a hidden Mickey. Mm. What? One of Mickey. the bears is wearing a shirt that has a hidden Mickey on it. Oh. Cool. Which we the, the sailor see, bear? Is it the no, sailor? Not the sailor bear. bear. But that, that sailor bear okay. does do voices in other Disney movies. He's done voices for Mary Poppins, Sleeping Beauty, Lady and the Tramp, and 101 Dalmatians, and Ooh. also does the voice of my favorite rides. This here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. No way. Yep, that cool. is so cool. He's the voice for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad in the Disney theme park. What's his name? Did we get his name? Dal McKinnon. Dal. Shout out to Dal McKinnon. <laughs> he did voicing for Gumby, Archie, and small parts in all of those other movies. Gumby. That I, that's so mm-hmm. cool. I love mm-hmm. that. It would be so cool to be a voice actor and you just do like little things like this. That you're like well known for. It's That's pretty awesome. I you love it. You want to know one thing that really got me about this movie? I actually thought this movie was done really well with like British countryside yeah. and I thought they did mm-hmm. a really good job with like cinematography and stuff but do you want to know that this entire movie was shot in California? Aha. What? It was shot in Burbank. Oh. Except for, real. for What? So was Roger Rabbit. Except for the part where they did the coastal scene. Yes. They they actually went to England for that for that one scene. But so isn't that cray cray? Shot there on location. But That's yeah the rest intense. of it all Burbank baby. Like good Robbing for them because I would have not I would have not um hmm. Been the wiser. I right. thought that was very much like movie magic. Yes, cinematography at its finest. Thank you very much. Mm. Nineteen seventy-one. <laughs> it's good stuff. Cool. Um. All right. That was my good stuff. Where are we at? I think. Thanks, Emily. You're welcome. So the last thing we have to talk about is the theme. Like, what is the theme of this movie? And all I can say is weird. Like, I don't... You know how we talked about... Um, when, when we had Sword in the Stone, we were like, yeah, Merlin's just full of knowledge, and there's, like, education. this overarching theme about education and all this stuff, and I just... And imbuing Walt Disney at his finest. I think the sure. theme of this movie is, like, Michelle, you can still be a witch anytime you want to. <laughs> they made this movie for you, and you weren't even born yet. Yeah, exactly. It might be, like... Substitutionary yeah, follow, follow your dreams, but also, you know, maybe don't try too hard. Maybe just look in that book that that kid's holding. 
Oh my gosh! At the end, when they're like, oh he's like, uh, so they didn't get the star of Jeroth, uh, which had the magic words for the spell of the substitutionary locomotion. <laughs> this is hilarious. They tried to steal it from the lion, but she was like, "Yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be able to, you know, be real in this world." Right. They if only I had remembered the words that were on it. And I was like, yeah, you really are an apprentice witch. Like, come on, girl. Yeah, you ain't a real witch. Little She's Paul so was holding the book. He little like, Paul. Nobody ever listens to me. <laughs> he's like, I know the words. And they're like, shut up. She needs to think. And he's like, but I know the words. And they're like, shut up, Paul. Like, you don't know anything. A couple days later, and he's like, why doesn't anybody listen to me? I still know the words. And they're like, be quiet. And then finally, he's just like, look, it's here in the book. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was in the I'm book like, the whole wait, time. What? And legitimately, he knew it was in the book the whole time. And he wasn't even being like a little poop and like not telling them. He just literally no one listens to him because right. he was the youngest. He's like, I got so it right here. <laughs> we don't have to go funny. all over the place. Stupid. He probably wanted to go to Naboomboo anyways. But like still, that that's just so But funny. nobody's listening to our nobody's youth. That's a great theme. Listen to the children. They're our future. Come little children. Oh. I'll take Throwback. the away. First yeah, episode. well, to our first episode. Cool. <laughs> That was a very, very uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. All right. Let's do some yes. ratings. Is it ratings. Is it time? Is it time? For Tell ratings? us first what it got, Andre. Which it's interesting because I was looking. The rotten tomato meter. And it actually got quite a bit of different types of scores depending on what you look at. Oh, interesting. Okay, you so know? on IMDb, this movie has a seven point one out of ten. Pretty good. Pretty solid. Right. Solid stuff. Here, uh, hang on. For some reason, my Rotten Tomatoes isn't showing up. So we're going to take a moment and Google it. I'm just going to start <laughs> naming witches. Aggie Cromwell. <laughs> That's my favorite witch. Keep right going. Uh, the Wicked Witch of the West. No. <laughs> Good one. Anybody else? The Blue Fairy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have the score. Hermione. Hermione. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has a 63%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Still fresh, not certified fresh. It has a fresh-ish. S- it has a seventy-three percent audience score. Okay, so people like it. Um, did I have another score? You know what's really Somewhere. funny is that I think that people. I think this is really interesting too. So, um, I know somebody who watched this movie as a kid. They're old. They're an older individual, and they watched this movie as a kid, and they still love this movie. And they mm-hmm. thought it was the cat's pajamas then. They think it's the cat's pajamas now. Right. So I wonder... It's what you grow up with. Yeah, it's, yeah. It really always does come down to what you grow up with because we're always going to be like, I mean, yeah. Ariel! Yeah. I think if I had seen Hercules as a kid, I would have loved it way more. Oh, for sure. Like a witch learning to use her powers and stuff like that. That was all cool. And then they traveled to the... And this they is... They go under the water and stuff. That was cool. This is so interesting because I was thinking about this the other day. We are four adults... Watching some of these older Disney movies for the first time. So it's kind of hard for us to like almost put ourselves back into our childhood innocence and try to see it through those lens. But I think it's going to be so interesting when your daughter Addie is a little bit older, like five years old and Mm -hmm. able to understand these movies. And we're going to be watching them with her. Then I bet you're going to have a whole different opinion on whether how you feel about these movies, you know, Mm -hmm. like she might literally be like this movie's the cat's pajamas. And you're going to be like, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. I hope that's how she says it too. Mom, this movie's the cat's pajamas. And then she's going to watch The Lion King and be like, it's stupid. Scab cat. Wrong. (laughs) Scab cat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Andre, let's 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 start with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, not in love with this movie. It's not. (laughs) No, you're saying great things about it. (laughs) I'm saying good things about it, but then there were some also some some detriments for me. It was long. 
It, it, was, it, it was is. Long. It's a long movie. They've got a lot of stuff in there. I don't even want to hear you talk about long because you slept through some of it. Right. And I still was like, oh, man, it's still going. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's long. It's a little bit disparate in its plot. Like they kind of go all over the place to, to me personally. Um, and then I don't know what it was, but I like I didn't love Angela Lansbury's voice in this for for okay. her for her mm. singing parts. So th- those those bring it down for me a little bit. I do think it's funny. I do think it has a lot of cool stuff. Its effects were good, as the, as the Oscar uh, proves. And um, I did like uh, Mr. Brown singing all of, all of his songs. I love him. Those yeah, he has a great voice. So I'm gonna give this movie like a. Just give it. A 6.5. Okay. All right. Boom. That's all. Okay. All Dropped right. it. Michelle, what are you going to give it? I'm going it's like to. Well, <laughs> 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 when you put it that way, like. <laughs> Michelle, what are you going to give I'm it? I'm going to give this movie a seven and a half. I will say it was, it was pretty long. Like, f- especially for a children's movie, I I thought it was very long. It was weird, but once I get past all of the weirdness, there were things that I appreciated, and I really did like the music a lot. And as soon as I started thinking of it as if I was, like, watching a Broadway musical, then I, like, really, really enjoyed it. Um, so certain things like that brought it up for me. So I'm going to go seven and a half. I, too, am going to give it a seven and a half. I really enjoyed it. Um, there was – I my one detriment to this movie was that it was long, just like you guys are saying. Yeah. And the reason that it bother is bothersome is because I feel like they could have cut little parts and made it a little bit more succinct. But right. it makes sense to me after we read that article saying that it was – which I'm like, what? It was longer? It was longer, yeah. But – when I was reading uh, more into what the Sherman brothers were talking about with the plot itself, it actually makes up for the problems that I have. Like little plot points that bother me are actually a lot of what was taken out of the movie. Oh, okay. So I feel like if they had cut more, it might've made more sense to us and what we're looking at now, but it, they were trying to really hold on to what they had. Right. Um, okay. When they were cutting, so that c- it makes me feel bad saying that now. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, you it's know? funny because I think we should start like posting this for the crack in the ball, or even for us at the beginning when we give our first impressions. Like as soon as we're done watching the movie, before we look up any history, before we look up anything yeah. at all, like we should rate it. Oh yeah, and then be like, now that, that we talk about all of this, like this is our actual rating. But I think we should do like a first impression rating because after I watched this, I was like, meh, six. Mm-hmm. But like then you learn more about it. But yeah. like listeners that are listening probably aren't reading about all the history until we tell them things you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i think that'd be kind of interesting like just for me to compare it to myself no i agree louis um but i would also give it a 7.5 louis what about you i like this movie a lot you know and andre you probably fell asleep for the part i was watching and (laughs) i was half paying attention to the first part i loved it yeah i loved it a lot i would give it an eight you know what's funny about this though is that I've given other movies a 7.5 and I might not watch them again but this is something I actually loaned this movie out to one of our listeners oh, <laughs> oh nice <laughs> shout out to Melissa and her beautiful baby oh um, Melissa but so I loaned it out and I was kind of like man I want to watch it again right so it's kind of funny that this is a 7.5 that I probably will watch again and it'll turn into an 8 and then an 8.5 probably mm-hmm. as I like yes. it, more. Watch it more and that's pretty common with me for older movies exactly yes. I think these newer movies like it's so funny because there was like this um, bracket running around the dark web yes <laughs> that was the dark, web. <laughs> the dark web I'm saying yes to the bracket not to the dark web <laughs> there Go was ahead. a bracket running around it had all these great movies on I'm like these are all great movies, but then they put Coco on there, and I was like, well, 
then why do you have a bracket? Like, you know, like as the movies go along, the bar is set higher. Things only or should get better with time, sure, you yeah. know? So no, just, I, I agree completely with that. You got some shout outs. You guys, I've been asking for it and you provided it. Emails. Okay, hold on. Before you go, before you like do it, yeah. I just got to say, listeners, we have a we have a Walt Vault group text where the four of us write back and forth. I lied to you. The three of us write back and forth. <laughs> Luis, as you know, does not write back. He ignores it. <laughs> ignores it. But Andre legitimately was screenshotting these emails and sending it and being like, my life is made. I got emails, guys. What is it, my birthday? <laughs> Two <laughs> emails in one week? What he, is it? He reminded me of, uh, is it Blue's Clues where he's like, mail time. <laughs> but I was cracking up because I just so imagined happy. his face being like, <laughs> mail time. I was very happy. Thank you guys for writing in to contact at thewaltvaltpod.com. Um, our first email comes from uh, Mr. Thomas. Uh, he said, hello, I'm a new listener and I love the podcast. Do you take suggestions? Yeah, if we so, do. So <laughs> please take a look. And then he proceeds to give us uh, a fairly long list of, of suggestions. And I want to just let you guys know that we do take suggestions. And if you write them into us, we will look at them and consider them more highly. Than and also, hence kind of why we watched this movie. We had got a lot of people saying, mm-hmm. like, right. watch it. So yeah. we were like, okay. So please continue sending in your suggestions uh, just so I don't. I will say, though, like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go out and say this. Like, if we get one more suggestion for Disney Descendants, it's 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 got to We don't have to get another suggestion because (laughs) Mila La Pena has been wanting so bad for us to be doing this movie. And it's funny because I all of us, the four of us, I can I can honestly say that all four of us have not seen this movie. Nope. And all four of us would probably not watch this movie only because we don't have kids and we're not watching the sure. Disney Channel. And Emily doesn't have cable. But Neither do I. <laughs> well, there you go. None of us have cable. But we have gotten lots of feedback from children and adults alike that Descendants, yeah. and apparently Des- Des- Descendants, Descendants 2. 2 is yeah, like... Yeah, we gotta watch both now, man. Is the, and Descendants it's the is business, I guess. Is the business. So we do want to throw that out there yeah. that FYI has been put on the so docket. Keep, and we take suggestions. Keep sending in your suggestions because we will look at them. We will raise those movies up higher into our, our list of, of things to watch. And yes. we will get them to you sooner than if you Sooner rather than us. later. Yes. So we'll get to them eventually. You know, we can only do four of these episodes a month. We can't go crazy <laughs> yet. That's only 53 yet. a year. Right. It's um, a lot of movies, man. So, so just so I, so I 52, don't 52 52 weeks 52. in a year. Yeah. Hey. So just so I don't neglect it. <laughs> Why I say it like Thomas, in a year? Thomas suggested um, a couple of different movies, a couple of um, Disney Channel original movies like Kim Possible, So the Drama, and High School Musical, and Wizards of Waverly Place. But he also says things like Saving Mr. Banks and Frozen and Stitch the Movie. So all stuff that's up our alleys, although not Frozen for Luis Reese. He actually walked out of the room when you said Frozen, so. <laughs> he was he like, no. He is absolutely gone from the table right Y'all now. Y'all don't even know about Luis's aversion to Olaf. I mean, I know we've <laughs> talked about it, but you don't actually understand. Like, yeah. he wants him to freeze we'll get over there one day. and then summer to come. One of these right. days, I'm accidentally going to sneak it into the listener vote, and then they're secretly going to all vote for it, and he's going to be so upset. Secretly. Like he's not going to find out about it at all. Well, he won't, like he's he, he'd happening. probably be like, I'm not going to be on that episode. Yeah, no, yeah. he probably would. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have something to yell about uh, yeah. when, when we, when Jane. we do it. Go so ahead. you not only got one email this week, you got two. I got two emails. Let's hear it. This next email comes from uh, Miss Stephanie. She wrote, 
Andre, I'm sending this message is just for you. Okay. My question. <laughs> wow. It's not for me. Because I've been asking for these emails. Contact at the wall of um, You already got feedback about your chin stories. Leave it to Andre. <laughs> Let him have his glory. Stephanie says, my question for the group. As a 90s kid, I grew up with Disney movies that revolved around classic princesses and what I would consider Western slash European cultural ideals. However, in the last few years, we've seen more active princesses, Rapunzel, Merida, etc., common birth go-getters, Tiana, and movies focused on other cultures like Moana and Coco, etc. With these new developments, do you think Disney may abandon the idea of a classic fairy tale princess? How do you think this will affect the presence of princesses in the parks? Thank you, Stephanie, very much for your question. That's a fantastic question. Yes, it is. It's a really good question, and we're going to answer it in a crack, a crack in, in the, the vault. vault. So, if you want to <laughs> tune hear, in, if you want to hear our opinions on on Stephanie's question, go to Patreon.com/slash/TheWaltVault and check out uh, our Patreon page where you can get access to our after show for only a dollar a month. Well, and the cool thing about that is you can join in the conversation, too. We're planning on talking about it, like we said, on the episode itself, but we also want to hear what you guys have to think, or what you guys have to say, too, because that's a hot topic. Well, it's a hot topic, and it's a very involved answer. Right. Because I think there's a lot of different ways you can go with that, Um, and there's a lot of facets to that question that I think are really fun to explore and kind of share ideas about, especially because I think all four of us on the Walt Vault come from different places. We all have different... um, like obviously we're different ethnicities um but we come from different backgrounds too so we have different you know ideas right. on where disney's gonna go or where we think it should go and all and all that all loveliness good, and all that stuff. jazz <laughs> so go to patreon.com mm-hmm, slash the vault mm-hmm, go to our instagram mm-hmm, at the vault vault pod leave us your um opinions on this wonderful question from Stephanie, who is now my favorite fan. Thank you very much Shut for sending up. an email. <laughs> you and Thomas both. Oh, my God. Are, awesome. are we going to have favorite fans? That's just rude. No. Yeah, favorite fans. Just, just me. <laughs> get out of here. You're shunned. You guys got to do more to get me. Shunned and unbeliever. Shunned. my favorite. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> so, last week. Andre likes food. I, I like do. food. Yeah, send me food. Um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> so last week when we were announcing next week's movie, that sounds weird. I was like, it's our listener vote, psych. But this week it like actually is our listener vote. So I'm very excited. That's right. As you all know, or maybe not all of you know, right now at Disneyland, there's a thing that just kicked off and it's called a Pixar Fest. A Pixar Fest. Pixar Fest. Pixar Fest. What is Pixar, you say? Well, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know... I don't know what to tell a you. Pixar you know. fest. A Pixar, Pixar fest. fest. Uh, Everybody's Pixar going to the Pixar, Pixar fest. So, so, do you know where that's from? No. no. A backyard beach. A backyard beach. No? Everybody's going to a backyard beach. You're singing it. Just yeah, because you just sang it. Yes, it's Phineas and Ferb. Thank you. He only Phineas knew Ferb it because I'm kind of obsessed. Yeah. Going you on. have a Perry the pad- Platypus magnet I have a Perry the Platypus. Platypus. So anyways, we are going... To give Andre's you like, shut up. an array of an array. early Pixar movie, middle Pixar movie, and more recent Pixar movie. So you are going to have Pixar movies to vote on. And they are not Coco. So don't get Sorry. crazy. Yeah, that, that's too new. It's too fresh. It's too fresh. That episode would be three hours long. And we're going to save it for its own episode. Yeah. So exactly. it deserves its own. It doesn't even need a vote. Like it, it's happening one day. For it, so, <laughs> so we have our early Pixar movie, a bug's life. Woo. I love a bug's life. Our middle Pixar movie, finding Nemo and our more recent Pixar movie inside out. So All right. 
Bugs Life, Finding Nemo, and Inside Out. What do you want us to watch next? Go to Instagram dot com slash the Walt Vault Pod. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> At the Walt Vault Pod on Instagram. Turns out you can go to Instagram dot <laughs> com slash the Walt Vault Pod on your computers and uh, check. Oh us my out gosh! There. Just vote. <laughs> you know how to vote. Go vote for your movie, and I'm very excited to see what you guys choose. Yes. Just vote. We're all very excited. We love fan interaction. Go to the Instagram at the Walt Vault Pod. Go to Twitter at the Walt Vault Pod. Go to Facebook at the Walt Vault Pod. Check us out on all the social media platforms. Send me more emails to contact at the Walt Vault Pod dot com. Email Andre. Email Andre. And I will read your message on the show just like I did twice today with my new favorite fans, Thomas and Stephanie. <laughs> uh, guys, I also oh would like God. you to subscribe. To the Wall Vault, uh, we are on Stitcher and Google Play and uh, TuneIn and YouTube and iTunes, where oh I would like my. you to read us a review, uh, leave us a review, not read us a review, uh, the podcast that really helps to spread the word about the Wall Vault and get our name out there so other people can find us. Uh, leave us a rating. That's that's all fun stuff. Go to patreon.com slash the Walt Vault to sign up for our Patreon at only a dollar a month. And you can get access to our after show, A Crack in the Vault. You guys, that's it for now. We'll see you next week for the fan vote. The vault is now closed. <laughs>